asbestos, known for being deadly, famous for being removed. Nobody thinks much about it, so let's have some fun. Let's find out why asbestos is secretly incredibly fascinating. Welcome to a whole new podcast episode, a podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmitz, and I'm not alone. Matt Kirschen and Andy Wood are back on the show today. Wonderful guests. They are also co-hosts of a great podcast called Probably Science. And Probably Science is about the latest science news, why it's surprising, why it's strange, and why it's a lot of fun to think about. Also, they're both stand-up comedians and comedy writers, and Andy Wood, by the way, is a four-time Jeopardy! champion, which is a status I find very relatable and love. He was amazing on that show, and so always good to get together with him and with Matt, too. What a perfect pair of guests for this very science-y, very, I guess, delicate topic. Also, I've gathered all of our zip codes and used internet resources like native-land.ca to acknowledge that I recorded this on the traditional land of the Canarsie and Lenape peoples. Acknowledge Matt and Andy each recorded this on the traditional land of the Gabrielino Ortongva and Keech and Chumash peoples, and acknowledge that in all of our locations, native people are very much still here. That feels worth doing on each episode, and today's episode is about asbestos, which is a top patron pick. Thank you very much to Max Martin for that suggestion, and to everybody else at SifPod.fun for selecting it in the polls. And I think this topic, this episode, there's a very particular tone, because we are having fun, and this is a topic that has a lot of negative attributes and negative valences, and uh, the, the recent episode about barbed wire is probably a pretty good comp. Because to be clear, asbestos is bad for humans. None of that has changed. We're not going to, like, somehow debunk that very clear fact or something. The basic way it works is asbestos is made of lots of tiny fibers. Those can get breathed in or can get lodged in the lining of human organs, in particular the lungs, usually from breathing. And once those fibers are in there, they interrupt the normal cell cycle. That causes uncontrollable cell division, which leads to tumor growth and cancer and other lethal conditions. I am really excited about this kind of topic because I think it's the kind of thing everybody's heard of and everybody knows is dangerous. We can confirm that it is dangerous, and now you'll know exactly why. You'll also know exactly what it is and where it comes from, and also a lot of astounding stories about it, too. Just ways that you've never thought about it, never known to think about it at all. So, please sit back or check your local regulations as far as asbestos remaining in construction or being around, because that's something I can't answer for you. You all are so spread across the country and across the globe. You have to check that for yourself. Either way, here's this episode of Secretly Incredibly Fascinating with Matt Kirshen and Andy Wood. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then. so good to have you both on and of course i always start by asking guests their relationship to the topic or opinion of it either we can start but how do you feel about asbestos i'm pretty sure that we used to have asbestos mats in chemistry at school maybe we didn't i do know for a fact that for the (laughs) last i don't know how many years i've been trying to persuade my mum to throw away her old ironing board that that has an asbestos mat on the end of it like uh you know the bit that you rest the iron on when you're not mid-ironing that's asbestos. I'm, I, I think I brought it up on our podcast once, and then someone did write in to say that form is less dangerous and less likely to cause issues than, you know, the stuff that's in roofs and that kind of thing. But apparently it's a very good ironing board. I don't think an ironing board can be that good that it's worth having asbestos in your house, but who am I to, who am I to argue? <laughs> oh, and also I grew up in, in England where we would eat it for... We, we'd, have, we'd sprinkle it on our... On our sure. breakfast cereal every morning just to, you know, just to give, give yourself some <laughs> ruggedness in your constitution, hardiness. But other than that, no, no relationship. <laughs> that feels very typical with like that ironing board story, Matt. Of yeah. Like, 
a lot of asbestos is in older things. And then sometimes people are like, I've had this forever. I can't just junk it, you know? <laughs> right. And and now I like the more I think about it, the more I think I, I'm pretty sure in chemistry when we were at school, it wasn't asbestos anymore. And it was just our teacher telling us like, this used to be asbestos, by the way. But the ironing <laughs> board, my mum's ironing board definitely says asbestos in, on it. So... I have a longer story uh, that was one of the biggest financial mistakes of my life. I, I decided in 2006 to buy a house with a fellow comedian um, with the purpose of flipping it. And I oh. mistakenly, or was led to believe this person had experience in renovation and construction and things. And it turns out not really. He would just drive to Home Depot every day, ask how to do something like hang drywall, then come back and act like he was an expert on that thing in the course of our project. Man. One of the worst parts of it was renovating the kitchen, which had just like just sedimentary layer after layer of flooring on top of flooring that we had to we wanted to get back to the hardwood underneath. So I was tasked with with using one of these giant scraper tools to get these tiles off of the kitchen, which took uh, geez, the better part of a week, I feel like just chipping away at it because they would never come up in full pieces. They would splinter off. And I was oh. only halfway through doing that that um Someone who came over must have told me, like, oh, those are asbestos tiles, right? And I'm like, what's this now? I'm not wearing any kind of mask or anything. I don't know if that's how you can run into problems with it from just breaking apart tiles that you're nearby on the floor. And if that is the case, I don't know if I'm too late to file some kind of a a mesothelioma class action uh, (laughs) suit or something. I really should have done more. As a person who also hosts a science podcast, I probably should have done some more due diligence and whether I was putting myself at risk by trying to renovate this kitchen. But that's my closest interaction with. <laughs> I, I don't mean to just like breeze past it, but like, Andy, I hope you're okay. And I'm glad that story oh. was a long time ago. Like, I, I feel like maybe you would have noticed something if, if it affected you, you know? I don't know. Again, I should have done more Googling right away, but I, I'm going to assume even though it was breaking apart into small chunks, they weren't like really small chunks. And I, who knows? It's been 16 years. I, I, Knock on wood, I think I'm okay, but uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> not, not smart, you know. Before you do any kind of demolition, I guess do some do some research. Is my advice to any wannabe house flippers out there. <laughs> yeah, this is a material that people need to be safe about, and we're not doctors, and we're not construction crew managers or from OSHA or nothing. So uh, be careful if you're like, as Andy said, demolishing a building. <laughs> No, I think, I mean, I, I'm, <clears throat> I, I've Googled a bit, so I think everything I say on this podcast should be taken as 100% accurate. <laughs> Me too. Uh... <laughs> but we can all agree that lead paint chips are delicious, right? Oh, we do. Oh. <laughs> and they really, really help with all that thinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, how do you guys feel about uh, the taste of mercury? <laughs> it's like chicken, kind of. <laughs> yeah whenever i'm eating chicken i'm like why isn't this a shiny liquid that's appealing to the eye and then then i have mercury it's great right <laughs> but i i think i had mainly heard of asbestos as a punchline in dilbert comic strips like there would be dilbert <laughs> comic strips where they would joke like and the walls of this office probably have asbestos ha 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 which is not funny, but is like a true thing about many buildings all over the world they used to have asbestos or still do Right, because asbestos, apart from the fact that it kills lots of people, is an incredibly good material. I guess. Yep. I mean, like much. That, that, that aside, <laughs> is it? I, I, I believe it's sort of remarkably, remarkably good at thermal insulation and yeah. fireproofing, and it like really, really good, but also really, really bad. It used to be nicknamed the miracle mineral because it could do so many <laughs> things so well. It's just that right. unfortunately, it's lethal, so can't do it. Yeah. So I'm wary of anything that has this miracle, miracle berries, <laughs> miracle mile. None of them are to be trusted. It's the construction material doctors don't want you to know about, but for good reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> doctors hate him, and the him is just a big asbestos mine <laughs> yeah, in the world. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's true. It is true. Doctors do hate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I got a lot of stuff here about. This stuff is bestest. And on every episode, our first fascinating thing about the topic is a quick set of fascinating numbers and statistics. This week, that's in a segment called I Have These Stats Where I Count Numbers and Then Become Wiser and Introduce <laughs> Them All with Tunes. When listeners submit ideas for to start up the segment, it feels like they're here in the room. It's me. 
Hi, I'm Alex Schmidt. It's me at Stats Time. Everybody agrees. I'll stare directly at numbers because they're interesting. It must be fascinating to be a stat on the SIF podcast. <laughs> that was that was submitted by Willow Tanager. Thank you, Willow, Taylor Swift fan. We have a new name for this segment every week. Please make them as silly and wacky and bad as possible. Submit to SIFPod on Twitter or to SIFPod at gmail.com. And uh, the, the first number here is six. And six is the number of kinds of asbestos. It turns out there are six kinds, and this gets us into what it is. According to Mosaic Science Magazine, the word asbestos is a general term for all six, and they are all minerals made of thin, fibrous crystals. Uh, So they're minerals, but the crystals are shaped sort of like a textile material. And one variety called white asbestos is particularly easy to, like, weave, almost like a yarn or a wool. Okay. And am I right in thinking that they vary in dangerousness, which I think is the correct term? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) apparently they vary, but they are all still highly carcinogenic. Like there's not a actual better, better one. Um, And the the most dangerous situation is anytime asbestos is being like sawed or even beaten or anything that like could spray tiny fibers into the air, because then... The fibers cause diseases and cancers in humans by especially inserting into the lining of organs. Okay. So they're they're all bad, but apparently there is slight variation, yeah. And just watching Andy's face just sort of darken over the course of this. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying not to read ahead, but I'm like, oh, wait, should I be uh, <laughs> doing some quick Googling here? Uh, I'm going to assume, yeah, 16 years. It's been fine. but um, It says here that symptoms normally take around 16 and a half years to develop. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I, yeah, I didn't realize that it's so a mineral but textile-ish. Like if you went to an asbestos mine and picked up a chunk of something, it would look fibrous? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll link pictures of it for folks and then... If you guys just want to Google them rapidly, too. But it, it looks almost sort of like a gray fur. And the the next number for this is 95%. Because 95% is how many of the human uses of asbestos are specifically the white asbestos type. Uh, it's also called chrysotile. But it's, it's almost all of human applications are that one kind. Because it has curly fibers that are relatively easy to manipulate. Uh, the others are much more needle-like fibers, much harder looking. But the white asbestos in particular, like some ancient people or people in the past would mistake it for the fur of a mystical animal that they hadn't seen. Like, oh, this must be an animal byproduct because it's so, like, furry looking. Huh. Okay. So it can actually be sort of woven? Yeah, so it can be turned into, like, part of or all of cloth or textiles. It's like you said, it's an amazing material, except that it's poisonous. Like It's really cool. And a lot of times it's to make something fire resistant. Popular mechanics says the English word asbestos comes from ancient Greek. It was an ancient Greek word that translates to inextinguishable because the Greeks would make candle wicks out of it for like eternal flame type candles because the mm. it was too fire resistant to ever burn down and it would just keep burning. Oh, well, now I'm. I'm doubly worried about childhood exposure. Is this also what the party trick birthday candles that won't go out are made of? Because I also blew on a lot of those oh. as a kid. No, it isn't. Surely it's not. <laughs> okay. No. no they, those are made... Yeah, I, no, I try, yeah. I try to remember what those are made of, but that's not asbestos. Okay, good. A like piece of good news in a lot of this research is there are a lot of stories of we used asbestos for this, and then all of chemistry and industrial design found something else as a replacement, and then did that instead. Like it, Asbestos still gets used... In a lot of countries for a lot of things, mainly because it's cheap and you can mine it, but there are alternatives for pretty much everything. Yeah. Okay. So the the relighting candles use magnesium, uh, shielded from oxygen and cooled by liquid paraffin, but it gets hot enough that it then reignites the paraffin vapor. Okay. Okay. Phew. And the Greeks hadn't thought of that yet. I feel like we all easily wonder, like, is everything asbestos? And increasingly, no. So that's good. (laughs) Am I asbestos? Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, and and that's, it's a pretty short number section because there's a couple real big takeaways for this. And the first one is takeaway number one. 
since ancient times, humans have done asbestos stunts and invented wild myths about asbestos. They didn't know it's dangerous to people, and especially ancient people would mine like very small amounts for very special applications. And uh, they also wondered a lot about it because it's this weird mineral that's sort of made of fibers, almost like a fur. But stunts, I'm picturing like Archimedes uh, jumped a moped over like a dozen uh, <laughs> asbestoses. Yeah, that was exactly <laughs> it. The, okay. the back, the, he was the first daredevil. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's frequently considered the first daredevil. I know they didn't have motorcycles back then, but I assume they had mopeds. Yeah, yeah no, sure. but yeah. He'd, he'd like, you know, he'd get into a bath and uh like uh, uh, that was already at a dangerously high level you know it was, it was all sorts of very exciting stuff that archimedes yeah. would do back in the day <laughs> i'm archimedes <laughs> and this is ancient greek jackass yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, these stories are kind of that wacky uh, it was mainly like wealthier people had access to asbestos because it's relatively difficult to mine one of the oldest stories is a top military general in han dynasty china which is like the 200s BC to the 200s AD, the Han Dynasty. But this general owned a jacket made out of asbestos, just the whole thing. And so what he would do at dinner parties is he would like pretend to spill wine on his jacket by accident, like, oh, whoops. And then he would pretend to get really angry about it to the point where he threw his jacket in the fire. <laughs> but then he'd just pull it out of the fireplace and it had burned off the wine and was clean again. <laughs> that's pretty cool actually yeah it's a whole thing you're, you're really talking me back into this asbestos thing like now i want an asbestos jacket let's not <laughs> let's let's put all the death bit aside now and this feels like a pretty cool party trick also this guy sounds like an ancient ron popiel kind of this has big infomercial energy to it <laughs> <laughs> like he first sells televisions and then from there he can right. sell everything else that's the, <laughs> the secret <laughs> There's also an incidence of parallel thinking because there's a similar story about Charlemagne. Charlemagne was a European king in the 700s and 800s, and apparently he used to hold banquets on a sparkling white tablecloth made entirely of white asbestos. And then, quote, after his guests had eaten their fill, the king would pluck the tablecloth off the table and fling it into the hearth. In the blaze, the cloth turned fiery red, but did not burn. When it was plucked out, it was cleaner than ever, with the debris of the meal roasted away. Whoa. <laughs> Pretty cool. Yeah. So it wouldn't even look charred. It would look clean. It would, like, zero burning of any kind took place. And I think it is because it was made out of, like, 100% asbestos mm -hmm. in a way that probably most modern products are not, because that's not quite how we use it. Or used to use it. So yeah. I don't want to get ahead. Oh, so go ahead, Matt. I was just, what, what item of clothing would you most want to be made out of asbestos <laughs> if you had free choice? Ooh. I feel like a hat is good for all kinds of tricks. Yeah, hat's solid. Yeah. Boots, little asbestos booties. I was thinking boots, but now you got me sold on hats because, yeah, tossing your hat in the fireplace and then pulling it out again is a pretty cool move. <laughs> just putting it straight <laughs> back on your head. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't want to get ahead of this in case you're getting this, but like these people who used it in ancient times for these stunt purposes, did they encounter any negative consequences health-wise? Or that, that's, that's the great question because like the short answer is we don't know, partly because everything in ancient times could often be unhealthy or undiagnosed or whatever else. Right. Uh, but also because there's going to be a point in like the late 1800s where people start industrially mining asbestos. And that's when we really find out how bad it is because just so wow. much of it is being dug up for so many things. Like these, these small uses of it may have been dangerous and also they were small and, and kind of limited. Right. Right. I, like, I joked about us you know, having it for breakfast and stuff, but there was, there did used to be, like, kids would play in, like, mounds of asbestos because it was like snow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Wait, I don't definitely... know if this is a bit now. <laughs> no, 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 that that is, like, near asbestos mines, before people knew how incredibly dangerous it was, they would just let, you know, let yeah. kids would, like, ru run around and, like, throw it up in the air and stuff. And Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, if, if you had asked me before researching to like draw a picture of asbestos i don't know what i would have drawn but i would have not drawn this like fluffy stuff it's a very fluffy rock for being a rock and uh, i can see again why people thought it was so fun and cool 
Like it's not, but it is. <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> but it's yeah. fascinating. Yes. And fascinating, yeah. <laughs> Cause the like the other kind of prank use of it was actually for scamming in medieval Europe. What they would do is they would make fake holy relics and mainly use the like fire resistant attribute to appear to be a miracle. Oh, make like a little solid chip of asbestos and then pretend that's a piece of the true cross because it won't burn. Uh, And also some people wove asbestos fibers into like fake shrouds that Jesus wore and, you know, and anything where the fire resistance can appear to be a miracle. They were like, eh? And it's just a poisonous mineral they found. (laughs) But it is sort of miraculous. It has a, a seemingly miraculous quality to it. So I can see how... Yeah, yeah I, I, I can see how it's great for a religious grifter. <laughs> yeah, once you're grifting, like, grift, you yeah. know, go go all the way. Grifter's going to grift. If I, was, yeah. if I was a grifter and I found out about this whole uh, asbestos thing, I'd be, I'd be very happy about that. I'd be delighted <laughs> with myself. Yeah, and then, like, even when people were just looking at asbestos, apparently European thinkers uh, came up with a lot of essentially myths and guesses about it. According to Cornell University historian Rachel Maines, the reason was that, you know, almost all natural fibers in Europe before industrial times were either from animals or from plants. And so a lot of people just decided this must be from an animal that we don't see because it's like hard to find or, you know, it must be leaving this behind some way. Uh, So, like, guesses included phoenix feathers and the mythological version of salamanders, where they're fireproof. They were like, that's probably from magic animals. That makes sense. Makes the most sense, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) My favorite guess is that they thought that this is, like, a whole other mythical animal I'd never heard of. They thought there was a species of fireproof rats and that the rats live inside volcanoes. And so then, like, when they briefly leave the volcano, they shed asbestos and then go back. So where do the rats actually live? Oh. <laughs> in my private zoo. Code right. Sif gets you into my crazy private zoo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this, is a Patri- this is your Patreon-only zoo? Yeah. <laughs> this theory sounds very L. Ron Hubbardy, if I if I may say. Oh. <laughs> the volcano theory. Is asbestos just tiny thetans? Is that a possibility? <laughs> it's not good when you have them in you. I know that. So, <laughs> Yeah, no, you need to get those out. It does. It seems like the kind of belief a cult would try to corner is that asbestos is good. You know, like that's mm-hmm. just out there for somebody to pick up and say, like, nobody wants you to know that it's actually great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably not quite as impressive as snake handling, but I guess I could see asbestos handling as a thing that a... Uh... A cult leader would do is they go to town to town. <laughs> asbestos huffing. Yeah. Especially because asbestos is just in a lot of parts of the world. It's just a mineral out there. Uh, it's actually a type of silicate mineral. And then, yeah, people just were like, this is so cool and does so many things. Like, even the ancient Greeks, they weren't just using it for candles, they used it for pottery, napkins, insulation, special clothing. There's also like monasteries in the Mediterranean where it was used as a finish for wall paint. Like there would be murals on the walls and then asbestos finishes on them to give them a shine. I I really thought it was a recent couple decades industrial product. And it turns out it's been used for thousands of years to do all kinds of stuff. Crazy. Okay. But and uh, and then it's bad that it was used for stuff, which leads us into the next takeaway for the main show. Takeaway number two. People and companies learned asbestos is dangerous almost immediately after they started using it industrially. Okay. This is kind of busting a myth. Like, I had assumed we didn't know until relatively recently that asbestos is dangerous, but it turns out that many Europeans and colonizing North Americans who, like, started mining it and using it industrially, a lot of the people running businesses or authority figures learned pretty quickly that it's dangerous. Mainly because they noticed that people kept dying of it, who worked like closely with it every day all the time. So, so when when was this that this started to happen? Key source. This is an amazing piece for Mosaic Science Magazine. It's by journalist Nick Fleming. He says that large scale mining started in the late 1800s, in particular in Canada and also in the U.S. and in Italy. 
and it got used for a whole bunch of products. But then by the 1920s or so, there were many studies all saying, hey, this is dangerous to humans. Uh, I, I really thought it started like in the 90s, if I had to guess. But as early as the 1920s, many companies handling this knew. And is is it like with cigarettes where they would cover it up and pretend that they didn't know its danger for many, many years? Exactly right. Yeah. And according to Mosaic, in the 1960s, when the asbestos industry was trying to handle this, they even hired a PR firm called Hill and Knowlton to run the spin. And that's the same firm that the 1960s tobacco companies were using for the same purpose, same same thing. Oh, God. Okay. And are they the ones who now do climate change? Because I know that's a thing where they hired the... the there's oh. that um, <laughs> film Merchants of Doubt that goes into how... The oil companies basically hired the same tobacco company PRs to do exactly the same playbook a few de- uh, a decade or two later. I think I think I'm realizing I did not want to know if Hill and Knowlton is still operating. I just hoped <laughs> they vanished. Uh, I was like, uh, it sounds like a bad bad company. I hope it's gone and and long gone. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're probably still going. Yeah, I'm gonna Google them rapidly. Yeah, they have a website and everything. They're still going. Great. Uh, so they're a thing. I, and this is this is a, it's a pretty humongously dark takeaway, and also I think the details are very very interesting. You know, as, especially people running mining towns for this, they started to notice that it was an issue. Right. Like the earliest time people noticed is apparently in 1879, a British firm called Turner and Newell in Greater Manchester, they became like the first industrial company to weave asbestos into cloth and garments in a factory. And by 1899, the British government inspected this, linked asbestos to worker illnesses and deaths, and like made a push for new ventilation rules and to try to solve it. These businesses noticed pretty fast that if they had people in a cramped room with asbestos all of the year, all of the time, it was bad for them. Oh. And did anybody have, even now, do we know the exact mechanism by which it damages your lungs? Is it just the fact that the particles are ridiculously small or what what else is magically bad about this it's it's pretty much that yeah it's a specific process where they're very very thin fibers and they get lodged in the lining of human organs especially the lungs and then that causes uncontrollable cell division and tumors and so it's it's a pretty direct cancer causing system I feel so bad telling you this. It's just very out of my mind. Uh, oh, no. I, I mean, I wouldn't have brought it up if I didn't think it was funny. And I don't think, I, you know, I, I was being a little uh, maybe too cavalier about that. But, like, I don't think I've done any. <laughs> I, I think yes, just I, just the one week, hopefully, you're fine. But, yeah, but yeah, 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 like, it's, well, it's, a, it's, all a, it's all a numbers game, isn't it? Like you right, can, right. Yeah. You can get lung cancer from smoking one cigarette, but you're significantly more likely to get lung cancer if you smoke 40 a day for 40 years. Right. Exactly, yeah. But I wouldn't... Yeah, and, and, yeah. I guess I'm trying to picture when it's particulate, like even though there are particles small enough, you can't see them in the course of that work. Like if you were in one of those factories, I wonder if you would still see some larger particles, like if it would be kind of obvious that like we are causing this to be airborne, even though the smallest particles that I can't see are the most dangerous ones. Right. You know, would you also see some larger ones in the course of that work? I wonder. And I, I think you're wondering, right? Yeah, like especially apparently the most dangerous asbestos situation is sawing of it or cutting of it or dividing of it because that, that it's sense. like sawdust. Like yeah. it goes everywhere and you can see the amount that's going somewhere. So I wasn't sawing it. I was scraping it as I continue to try to make myself feel better about this dumb choice. But yeah, I'm probably fine. <laughs> Like Matt says, numbers game. We don't yeah. know. It's but low chance. And then when people were working with this stuff all the time, the the companies noticed immediately, hey, like young workers are getting sick very fast because asbestos, once people figure out there's an industrial use for it, they use it for everything from building material like concrete, pipes, cement, bricks, tiles, insulation. They also use it for car parts, protective clothing, mattresses, cigarette filters, uh, a lot of military equipment in both world wars. So th- this was like a celebrated material. And even some of the places where they mined it named their town after asbestos because they were like proud. It, it's like a, almost like a Silicon Valley type name. Like, look what we can do with this stuff. It's got the word best right in, right in the middle there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> 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 yeah, you can't spell asbestos without best. <laughs> and like the 
the maybe strangest town pride story about it is there used to be a whole Canadian city in Quebec just called Asbestos because it's the site of the Jeffrey Mine, which was the world's largest asbestos mine for many years. Wow. And they closed the mine in 2012, and then in 2020 held a referendum to change the name. And it's now called Val de Sauce, which is French for Valley of the Springs. They've really moved away from the, the branding. <laughs> it's a good it's a good rebrand, yeah. <laughs> I would be I'd be willing to bet any amount of money though that Andy that you you hit on a genuine advertising campaign i I bet almost oh i'm sure i'm sure somewhere you could picture those kind of like hand-painted old adverts uh that would say sort of like asbestos best for building best for the best is capitalized in the word (laughs) yeah yeah. yeah, best is yeah and then like in the same font like best for building best for uh (laughs) clothing best for you (laughs) best for baby (laughs) right (laughs) hey folks it's me tina turner you know, a lot of people ask me what the best thing is. And let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> she never did that. I made that up. Uh, to be I clear. Mean, we don't know. We don't know what she would have done in her yeah, downtime. We, we for, should know, cause for a paycheck. This, this is an audio-only podcast, so we should let the listeners know that that was actually... That was Alex and Andy both doing <laughs> Tina Turner's voice. That wasn't an right, actual right. recording of Tina yeah. Turner, as you may have thought, as you were on your daily commute, just listening passively to this show. But no, that was a <laughs> that that was the that was the impersonation skills <laughs> of the other two people on this show on the mic. Also, Taylor Swift was not on earlier. It turns out I just found Andy. Out. <laughs> yeah, and uh, this this town originally named Asbestos apparently. It was like such a mining boom town all of a sudden when they opened this mine that it was British Canada and the Royal Mail said, like, we need a town name for postal delivery purposes. So let's just call it asbestos because that's what they mine here. It's an entire company town for it. And there are a bunch of other places like that, too. There's a Russian town called Asbest. And then uh, there's also just other towns in the world that were asbestos mines and are now public health crises. Like apparently the town of Libby, Montana you can pretty rapidly get on Medicare just by showing the government that you've had asbestos exposure. Uh, there's a town in Australia called Wittenoom that is no longer a town. It's like a condemned region of Western Australia because they did so much asbestos mining. Oh, my God. Wow. So it is found just everywhere. It's found on every continent, basically. Yeah. And another example is a place called Banaba Island in the Pacific Ocean nation of Kiribati which is a bunch of tiny islands in the Pacific Ocean. Like, there's not really just one place in the world where you can find this. Um, hey, it's not asbestos-me, it's asbestos. There's another advert for you. <laughs> oh, no. It's a little more of a stretch. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this, I think this word has too many positive syllables. That's what I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think. A lot of them light up the good parts of my brain, and I don't like it. That's not. That's not a good thing. It, it feels. It feels like Ralph Nader might have written a, a book called "As Worst Us" or something at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing here is a big trumpet sound for a big takeaway. Before that, we're going to take a little break. We'll be right back. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing, and wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org slash newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! It's hard to explain what happens on Jordan Jesse Go. So I had my kids do it. Saying swear words. Saying swear words. Yeah, um, bad jokes. Bad jokes? Bad jokes. Maybe it's like you tell people that you're going to interview them and then you just stay there like, like really quiet and try and creep them out. (laughs) 
It's just really boring. Because of Jordan, right? Not me. Because of both of you. Oh. Subscribe to Jordan Jesse Go, a comedy show for grown-ups. And yeah, and so then the like process of studying this, there were many studies, especially starting in the 1920s in the UK and the US and South Africa, finding, hey, this is bad for people. Uh, most were industry funded. Most had the results suppressed. The, the creepiest story is probably that in the 1940s and 50s, there were some US asbestos companies that secretly collected the lungs of deceased workers for further study at a private lab. Like they got a hold of the lungs and then sent them up there. And it seems like they were hoping the lab would say it's anything else that killed them. But the the lab said it's asbestos. And then they just covered up the findings. So if they hadn't done that last step, they would have been doing some useful research. It's just the part where they didn't then reveal we found this thing out. Uh, You're really making me think less of evil corporations. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, how about that? Yeah. And there, with that tobacco stuff we mentioned, there's even like kind of a wrinkle where in some in some of these mining towns, especially one piece of PR that has caught on is that the asbestos companies convinced people that people with asbestos diseases were smokers. And like, that's the real problem. And some of them probably were smokers because like people did both. But uh, that has been one useful form of spin for asbestos companies is to say like, no, it's those other guys. The the goal of those same publicists who are spreading that lie to also publicize to also <laughs> yeah cast doubt on the idea that smoking causes cancer. <laughs> it's just, like this isn't asbestos. This is caused by smoking, which also doesn't cause illness. Right. <laughs> yeah, and then and another spin they did is related to those different types of asbestos because in particular they tried to make white asbestos, which is the main industrial kind, sound like it's better. In particular, because it's called white asbestos because it's white colored, but like we have positive valences about the word white, like we think it's clean or or laundered or something, and so they, you know, they've tried a lot of different spins to try to make this product seem better than it is. They could just go with the uh, is it Dove or Ivory soap and just say it's it's ninety nine point forty four percent pure pure asbestos, <laughs> but uh, it's it's pure. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, all I heard was 99 point something. I'm in. Yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I presume a high number's good. Otherwise, they wouldn't have said it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and so there are places, uh, especially countries that are in Europe, where they have either strict or total bans on the use of asbestos in products now. And in construction, as far as you, the listener, you need to check kind of your local jurisdiction if you're in the U.S. as far as how strict or not strict the laws are, because... There's a major international treaty banning asbestos, but the U.S. has not signed it. Uh, And we've banned asbestos mining in the U.S., but it can still be imported and be used in limited amounts. So the U.S. is in a little bit of limbo with that. And there are there are like cities and groups that inspect and remove asbestos in construction. That's been going on for a long time. So was there any big uh, leap forward in other kinds of fire retardant technologies that allowed? Because it seems like if this was the only thing that did certain things, we still would have found a way to keep putting it out there at the risk of public safety. But was there something else that's like, oh, now we can do this, so it's we can phase this out? Yeah, with, with that specific purpose, there's not one super famous one or top one. The in all of your walls use case is so dangerous that people were like, we just have to take it out. Just like, can't do it, yeah. It, and, and try not to start fires, I guess. Like, <laughs> <laughs> also, Yeah, quit smoking for that reason. We won't have asbestos, but uh, just well. don't have... <laughs> Open flames everywhere in your house. I I feel like I talked about this one time. I, I've never smoked cigarettes, and I think one of the things that turned me off of them was reading a Mark Twain essay where he talked about constantly smoking cigars in bed and occasionally almost falling asleep and lighting himself on fire. And I was like, oh that God. doesn't seem good at all as a practice. I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, having seen Cool Hand Luke, I know you're not the no, no smoking in the prone position. I know that was a big part of the prison rules. <laughs> And it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that also, that's put you off eating many, many eggs, right? <laughs> never, never more than 49. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a strict rule that Andy has. 
And I, I never realized that was because of that film, but I guess that, that is why you don't do that. That's why I'll always, I'll always stop just before you guys do, and then you can make it fun of me. Yeah, because like, uh, we have our annual egg party, sure. Alex. Sorry, I should have invited you. I, I feel bad now even bringing this up, have, knowing that you've never had an invitation. And next, I will rectify that next time. We have our annual egg party where we get together. I Yeah, I go, I go to Costco and I buy all of Is that when the- you texted me 100 egg emojis? That, that makes sense now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's what that was. That was... Uh, <laughs> That was unfortunately that was after the fact. That was when I've gone what we call egg blind, and uh, <laughs> egg, egg blindness comes just after the egg frenzy. And sure. anyway, there's there's a moment where Andy always cops out, and we're like, oh, okay, here he goes. I would say when it comes to hard boiled eggs, just know your limits. You know, you don't have to cave to peer pressure. You can stop at a reasonable number. <laughs> I feel like if if we just like loaded up Amazon and put up a self-published book called The Cool Hand Luke Diet, I don't know what's in the book, but it would sell so fast. People would be like, I love that movie. Bye. And then they find out there's nothing in there, you know? All I eat is 50 hard-boiled eggs a day. Is 50 even the number? That's what comes to mind, but I can't remember really if that's accurate. Is don't remember 50, yet. 50 feels right. Yeah. 100 would have been excessive. By which I mean 50 feels right. I'm right. That's why we do it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's how you frenzy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, there's one more takeaway for the main show here, and it gets us way into the world of pop culture. Because takeaway mm. number three Asbestos performed multiple roles in The Wizard of Oz. Oh. It turns out a lot of parts of the movie were made of like pure asbestos. Uh, and that's mostly an accident of where Hollywood technology was in 1938. Wow. Like what sort of things? The main one is fake snow, which fits in with that story Matt was telling about like kids outside asbestos mines being like this is fluffy and fun. There was a period, especially in the 30s, when Hollywood was using asbestos as fake snow. And, and one of the main movies we still watch from then is The Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. Before that, they would tend to use stuff like cotton, and then they realized that cotton's highly flammable, huge fire risk, and basically every other part of early Hollywood was also flammable, and there were constant fires. And then later on, they realized they could use fomite, which is the stuff in fire extinguishers. They could use that and mix it with some other stuff. So they started doing that in the 1940s. But in between, the like king of fake snow was asbestos. Wow. And were there any negative consequences to that on the Wizard of Oz set? Or That one, it's almost like the ancient uses of it, where we, the, uh, we right. it's a specific case, and they're all huge smokers and drinkers, and we don't know. We don't know of anyone getting sick like from filming immediately from that, yeah. Right, right. Um, by the way, it was 50, 50 eggs in an hour. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. I shouldn't have... Que- it's, it's way less cool than I questioned myself ever about it than just like... Yeah. <laughs> Some somebody at home was shouting that. That really is good yeah. for them. Uh, <laughs> okay, good. Excellent. It was George Kennedy, who was a longtime listener. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah, and that was so that was like the big fake snow in the movie was um asbestos. Apparently the other nineteen thirties option for fake snow was cornflakes. Like they would spray paint cornflakes huh. white and then drop cornflakes. But the problem with that is they're super loud. And so any scene where they shot it that way, they had to redo all of the dialogue later and just do totally new sound for everything. Love the sound of walking on new fallen cornflakes on a <laughs> yeah. clear December morning. Just massive crunching sounds. Yeah. Yeah. Deafening. But yeah, and they, I, I think Hollywood, it seems like, was very excited about this fomite alternative. Uh, in 1946, when they were filming It's a Wonderful Life, they used over 6,000 gallons of fomite mixed with soap flakes and got the, you know, the snow and it's a wonderful life looks good. Like it, it really works. So they, yeah. they moved on from this as quickly as they could. But, uh, you know, during that window of making the wizard of Oz, uh, Dorothy's covered in it. Wow. And it, it was also apparently a product of moving all film production because they, they shot most things indoors, but before the 1910s, the center of U.S. movie making was Fort Lee, New Jersey, which like has winter. But uh, in the 1910s, they started building the Hollywood studios, and it's too sunny, too little winter in California. Well, I, now I want to hear a SIF episode about this uh, 
proto Hollywood in the middle of Indiana. That's crazy. I've never heard of that. New Jersey, yeah, Fort Lee. Oh, New, New Jersey. Jersey. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How did I? You just said it. How do you forget what the state was? Yeah, that's that's, okay. that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. How? Why? Why? Why there? It was apparently close to Thomas Edison, but that's also why they moved because he he was like, I make the gear to make movies, and people were like, great. And then he was like, and you have to pay me forever if you want to use that. And people were like, we're moving where he won't find us, and they moved to California. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Plus, it's harder to call. Fort Lee people. What is the Holly Weird equivalent if you want to make fun of the film industry <laughs> of Fort Lee? All these Fort Leard? Uh, Fort Leardos. Fort Leardos, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We need a better metonym for the entertainment industry. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that was one use of it. And then also in the movie, the Scarecrow character, the entire outfit was made of asbestos lined fabric. Don't, I don't know that it needed to be like heat resistant or anything. That's just what they used. The other other use was the Wicked Witch's broomstick because they wanted to light that on fire without destroying it. And so her whole broomstick was asbestos, too. Wow. Wow. It's like heavy on asbestos. It's it's more than you would think. You would think zero the, times, but they used it a lot. I wouldn't have thought this episode would make me so badly want to play with just a little asbestos. Just like, is there a safe <laughs> amount? Because I want to do some of these fire tricks <laughs> you want to cast a cloak into the fire for sure you want yeah, to... i mean it's pretty cool yeah <laughs> the hat trick is a good i mean that'd be, again great party trick if you could pull it off safely <laughs> i am i i think i thought of hats because i had just seen that sketch from i think you should leave where he tries to do the fred astaire roll of his <laughs> of his hat with safari flaps and yes. like so i want to do that with an asbestos hat into the fire <laughs> Oh my god, if any of your listeners don't already watch that show, it's the absolute best. Yeah, stop the podcast and go watch it. Like it's it's yeah. great. Uh, <laughs> and, and with the with Wizard of Oz, there's like separately a worse health crisis that also happened on the set, which is part of why we don't have any information about like asbestos effects on the crew because at the same time they almost killed two different guys to do the tin man makeup. Which oh, is right. maybe yes. a more famous story. I did know that one. But this was not an asbestos issue at all. It was powdered aluminum uh, and it was very deadly. How, how did that? What's the mechanism by which that's deadly? It's weird because it's mainly a lungs thing, too. But the, the issue was first they cast a guy named Buddy Ebsen, who would later be famous in the Beverly Hillbillies as Jed Clampett on the Beverly Hillbillies. But... They gave him makeup made of powdered aluminum, which got into his lungs and caused an allergic reaction. Uh, his lungs failed. He was put in a hospital oxygen tent. He almost died. And then they got a next actor named Jack Haley, and they were like, don't worry, it's a paste-based aluminum makeup. And then what happened is that got in his eye and gave him a major infection, and they had to do emergency surgery to save his vision. Uh, Jeez. And so, like... All of this was going on, and they were like, the asbestos is fine. Uh, we, we're, like, killing 10 men left and right. We need to <laughs> we yeah. need to focus on that. Crazy. Yeah, there was definitely a period in Hollywood when, not that there aren't still serious accidents on on sets, but the, they were re ludicrously reckless back then. <laughs> just like, yeah, we'll just paint this guy and see what happens. <laughs> it's just... Yeah. Paint him more. <laughs> just guess him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This worked on my roof. Sure, it'll work on a man. Yeah. <laughs> Especially, I feel like on some level it's because, like, oh, he's playing a character made of metal. Great, let's just coat him in metal. Like, yeah. it's fidelity to the source material. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but, like, no. Could it be something metal colored? No. <laughs> yeah. Can we, can we plate him? No, that would be. <laughs> that sounds dangerous. Let's just paint him with this instead. <laughs> Rather than dipping him in molten metal. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, oh, you're here to play the Tin Man? Head down to the welding department. It's like, no, no, you're not <laughs> welding made anything. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> like it's a car. <laughs> go down to, you go to makeup and you go to vehicle maintenance because we've got a plan for you. <laughs> Strip naked and hold your breath. Here we go. <laughs> but if I hold my breath, I can't continue smoking cigarettes. That would be terrible. <laughs> Here, put this cigar to block up your fat, your mouth. Put a cigar in your mouth and two cigarettes in your nostrils for safety. 
episode for this week. My thanks to Matt Kirshen and Andy Wood for, among many things, permitting me to be very Taylor Swift about the stats and numbers today. Anyway, I said that's the main episode because there is more secretly incredibly fascinating stuff available to you right now. If you support this show on Patreon.com, patrons get a bonus show every week where we explore one obviously incredibly fascinating story related to the main episode. This week's bonus topic is three bizarre connections between asbestos and Donald Trump. And if you're a new listener, to be clear, Donald Trump very rarely comes up on this podcast. He does when there is just an amazing enough reason to, to bring him up. And the guy loves asbestos. Wouldn't think so, but he does. Visit SIFpod.fun for that bonus show, for a library of 10 dozen other bonus shows, and to back this entire podcast operation. And thank you for exploring asbestos with us. Here's one more run through the big takeaways. Takeaway number one, since ancient times, humans have done asbestos stunts and invented wild asbestos myths. Takeaway number two, people learned asbestos is dangerous almost immediately after they started using it industrially. And takeaway number three, asbestos performed multiple roles in The Wizard of Oz. Those are the takeaways. Also, please follow my guests. They're great. Matt Kirshen and Andy Wood are the hosts of an excellent podcast called Probably Science. Also, Andy is a four-time Jeopardy! champion, and both of them are wonderful stand-up comedians and comedy writers. If you've heard of stuff like The Jim Jeffries Show or the Bridgetown Comedy Festival, you have heard of or hopefully experienced their work. I'm just going to have a bunch of links for, again, Matt Kirshen and Andy Wood. Many research sources this week. Here are some key ones. And this is sort of a special week for that because I'm grateful to these sources for also being great journalism, right? Like we need great journalism to be aware of the dangers of asbestos and not fall for spin by the asbestos companies. So thank you to journalist Nick Fleming for an amazing piece he did for Mosaic Science Magazine. Also lean on a piece for The New Yorker by Casey Sepp. And then more work from Popular Mechanics, JSTOR Daily, Tedium.co, The Smithsonian, Find those and many more sources in this episode's links at sifpod.fun. And beyond all that, our theme music is Unbroken Unshaven by the Budos Band. Our show logo is by artist Burton Durand. Special thanks to Chris Souza for audio mastering on this episode. Extra, extra special thanks go to our patrons. I hope you love this week's bonus show. And thank you to all our listeners. I'm thrilled to say we will be back next week with more secretly incredibly fascinating. So how about that? Talk to you then.